just was like, you know what? I, I don't feel represented. I want to be a brand that represents me as a consumer or like female consumers. And there's there's not really anyone out there that's really marketing to me as a consumer. I didn't feel. All right, now I just hit record, so everything is official at this point. So, oh, wait, all right. No <laughs> no. So, welcome to Tap That AZ. I'm your host, Eric Walters. Tap That AZ is brought to you by Arizona Food and Beer. I've got my business partner, Eric Merkel. Hello, hello. And I, I feel like I've introduced your name. I pr- you mispronounced got it right. It. I did this you time. Did. I was shocked. I was sitting there like the other day, and I'm like, I think I could keep calling him Merkel. And it's not Mercow. It's not. It's, it's Merco. <laughs> Merco. Yes. I'm not, a, I'm not part of the cow family. No. <laughs> no. The meerkat family. My wife and I call him meerkat. <laughs> yeah. It makes sense because I'm Eric. He's Eric. So we can't you both be You have to have Eric. a differentiator. Yeah. Differentiator. Yeah. So he's sure. meerkat. Yes. But, but we're going to uh, modulate Eric's sound to be super high voice. And, <laughs> and I'm going to be really low. Yes. So I'll talk like this <laughs> in the podcast going forward. Yep. And we're going to do video too. And I'm much bigger than him. But my voice is going to be higher. So <laughs> that's just, that's big picture we're, we're we're not there yet but uh but we are with megan greenwood megan thank you for joining us thank yes. you for having me we are gonna dive into her story hashtag her story <laughs> greenwood brewing greenwood brewing correct. yeah yep. that's awesome well thank you for joining us we're at ocotillo on third street and that street third street and flower uh, flower. flower really yeah, just oh. south of osborne just, okay yep. yeah exactly. it's a beautiful place it you know, okay. it, it is. It's one of my favorite places. Uh, I started coming here when it opened, I guess, three years ago, maybe four years ago. Uh, food is off the charts. Dave's going to join us in a little bit and maybe give us a little bit of history and feedback at Acatillo. But if you yeah. haven't been to Acatillo, you need to get here not only for the beer, but for the food. Yeah, exactly. The yeah. beer, single, right? <laughs> Just the, the beer. The <laughs> beer, yes. One beer. Yes. <laughs> so, Megan, how did this take us back to the beginning? How did you start? Making beer. Yeah. Oh, can we cheers? Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Cheers. Do you have a cheer? Um, <laughs> cheers to I her want, story the, and his story. I want the, the mic to pick it up. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there, there you go. go. All, right. All right. I'm like, you trying cheers. to cheers my microphone? <laughs> Eric, they're not waterproof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Meerkat. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's mm. delicious. That oh is delicious. God. What, before you start with your story, will you describe that beer to us? Yeah. Uh, so we're drinking a pale ale, and I it's kind of citrusy. So I'm really going for a s- sort of a summer, a good summer beer, but also something that's super easy drinking, um, really crisp and clean flavors. I, you know, I had, when I, when I started, I had eight beers on tap in my garage. I started with a, uh, with a craft beer kit, nice. um, but I had eight beers on tap in my garage, and I always came back to this beer. Um, always came back to this recipe for anything that I was eating, you know, barbecue, pizza, whatever I was, you know, guacamole. Uh, and I'd always come back to this one beer. And so I was really excited um, to to have this as kind of our flagship beer. We use um, we use a, we use three different hops in it. We use Mosaic, Falconer, Flight, and Warrior. And uh, you can kind of taste the citrusy, which is the mosaic, of course. Yeah. And then um, we dry hop it with Warrior, which gives kind of like a dry, like in a really cool aromatic um, tone to it. So uh, we really try to balance it. The, the majority of the grain is Maris Otter. So 
Um, it's kind of got that biscuity flavor to it. It does, too. yeah. So, yeah. Nice. Well, take another so drink. interesting yeah. just to hear all that. Like, <laughs> Can we just get a picture, Dave? Yeah. <laughs> Each of us, please. Each of us, yes. Well, what, what impressed me was that, like you said, it's it's a very, as as the craft beer would call it, the craft beer world, crushable, right? It's a very crushable <laughs> yeah. beer. Um, very easy to drink, uh, but it's got flavor. There's depth to it. And the first thing I detected with the first time that I had it was that citrus. I was like, wow, that is very, not, it's some beers that have citrus, it's too much, mm -hmm. right? It's too much of the riny taste or whatever, but this, the balance is perfect. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I'm like, we're really excited about it. I actually, um, kind of diving into it, I did a, a survey of 200 women a couple of years ago and, oh no, this was just last year. Uh, and we... 65% of the women said that they recognized a pale ale and they would order a pale ale. Um, and so I, at the time, actually, you can see my bottle. Right? We're sitting in front of my bottle, too. And it is beautiful. Thank I know, you. I love it. <laughs> and the bottle actually says white ale on it. So it gets, yes. I get a lot of confusion um, because I made this bottle. I thought that a white ale, I thought, oh, my gosh, I'll, like, People are going to like white ale more than they like pale ale. Like, I just, you know, just was like my own perception, my <laughs> yeah. own thought. Yeah. And, um, so, and so then we made these bottles and I did this survey and uh, I was like, we have to change. Like nobody wanted a white ale. And so, and a lot of the feedback that we got was, you know, wheat, a lot of people don't like wheat um, in their beer only because like gluten allergies and like uh, just wheat in general, just kind of like staying away from wheat. Yeah. Um, and so our, th that was the survey results that we received. So kind of shifted and made this pale instead. And it is one of my favorites. So I'm yeah. really excited that we launched the pale first. So. Well, and it's got the white bottle too, white ale, white bottle. I know. You've <laughs> got like the, are those like pine trees or? Yeah. 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 So it's, um, it's, it kind of goes back to the Greenwood theme. Yeah. Um, and so we kind of, we wanted to incorporate Greenwood you know, in our, in our, in our branding. And so, yeah, we have the white bottle. The white bottle is really going to be the flagship of our bottles in general. Okay. Um, so it's not only going to be for the white ale, but for all of our beers. So yeah, yeah we're excited about it. Nice. And you don't see that, right? I mean, you don't, I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen a white bottle. No, that's what we yeah. talked about when you and I first met. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I love it. Yeah, thanks. Absolutely love it. Yeah. Are you are you producing those bottles now? So I know you were still in kind of limbo, or yeah, we um we just are getting our prototypes made um, and going through that process right now from like um, for mass producing the bottles, which is exciting because I didn't think that we were going to. They're they're beautiful, but they're quite pricey. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we and we, we we were manufacturing everything in the U.S. and. So we're kind of sourcing our bottles um, from a, different, a few different locations, and I think we're going to be able to produce them. That's so awesome. It's, yeah, it's become really exciting from our side to, to be able to release something that we're really proud of. Yeah. There, there are so many questions that I want to ask you today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, even just with, you know, starting, starting with a home brewer's kit, I think that's what you said. Uh-huh. But being a female in this industry, like to me, that's so exciting. I, I'm, you know, I've talked about this a lot with Eric. I'm fairly new. I'm not a, I'm still a novice, I think, when it comes to craft beer. But it does seem to be a male-dominated industry, whether that's, I, I'm, nobody's here saying that's a good or bad thing. But to see somebody like you coming in with, with a beautiful beer, beautiful bottle, and, and the passion for the industry it's super exciting. And I, I want to know where that came from. Like what, how did you start the brewing process and, you know, really coming up with your business plan, your strategy and go to going to market. I, I'd love to hear all about it. 
Yeah. Um, well, so it kind of started with the craft with my brewery kit. I got it for my birthday. Totally random. I'm an engineer by degree, um, and I've been working in the electrical industry and solar and electricity for my career for the last eight years. And um, I, I'm, I get this brewery kit and just absolutely fall in love with brewing. And I, I'm sure you hear this from like home brewers all over the place and really brewery owners that they start with this with a kit, you know, five yeah. gallon kit. And um, just fell in love, like babysat that beer. I just like, it just is awesome making your own product. Um, and then of course, like that product is something that we get to enjoy here yeah. while like with like rosy cheeks and like, you know, <laughs> and really honesty. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, so it kind of really elevated. So at the time my roommate, um, I was, I have a house in Chandler. And so my roommate, my neighbor and I, we, we built out a microbrewery in my garage and, um, and, you know, it's fully electric. Um, I had connections to, to that industry, so it was fully electric. Solar and, powered, like, yeah, like in the right? 80s movies with the van with the solar panels on yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And did it have solar power? I didn't, no. But, like, I, like I'm imagining it. Yeah. I'm imagining it. Um, and so we had, it was a 25-gallon system, and... Yeah, you know, it was just like a miniature, like a little nano brewery. Um, and we were brewing every week, developing recipes and just like for, you know, four years, just being this home brewery. And um, but like I at the same time was going through corporate America and um, I'm, I was in sales and I was going through and having some of my most important conversations over beer. You know, you have happy hours and you have um, dinners. And but the more honest conversations we were having was over beer and um and so i i i kind of felt even though i was in craft beer the beer industry brewing beer regularly and and building recipes that i still didn't feel like i like really belonged in the craft beer world because i wasn't ordering you know a quad quadruple ipa like an (laughs) you know whatever like whatever hot bombs yeah exactly and i felt like i wasn't I wasn't really, I didn't feel like I was being represented as just a beer drinker who really wanted to enjoy beer, but really enjoy conversation and have, have the beer being that avenue more, more or less. And, um, but I kind of felt intimidated. And so, um, I, and then kind of like what I was saying earlier was, you know, I, this was the beer that I was my go-to beer. This was, um, that we were brewing. I had these eight beers that I could choose from, but the pale ale, like these crisp, clean ales, are really what my like what I was going to so um, I just was like you know what I I don't feel represented um, I want to be a brand that represents you know me as a consumer or like female consumers and um, and so that's kind of how this whole sh- this whole thing started this whole business started was you know there's there's not really anyone out there that's really marketing to me as a consumer mm-hmm. I didn't feel um, yeah. and not that they're necessarily marketing to men or women it's just not necessarily marketing to either or so um but but megan i I mean i gotta tell you with the two brands that we have az food and beer and az food and wine it it 100 percent is a is a male dominated industry both within the industry and the 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 people that are attracted to it Mm -hmm. so yeah again to see that uh to see that approach that you're taking um and i think you know i've talked about it again in, in multiple uh podcasts the evolution of, of craft and the evolution of tasting, like you were talking about the pairings, you know, I, 
I think there's there's so many people that are being um, woken up to this industry, um, and I, hopefully we'll see that that transition of people from AZ Food and Wine coming over to the beer side because of the things that you're doing. Yeah, well, I hope so. You know, and I think even I, I, I totally agree with you. And there's um, with with beer, there's such complex flavors. It's almost as you know, it's it's this might be unpopular, but it's close to wine in the sense yeah. of, you know, <laughs> no, it is. having the some diversity. really, yeah, yeah, some really complex flavors and, you know, every, everyone has their own palate and their own, their own, you know, preference. But I'd say there's awesome. I mean, like beer with barbecue is one of the best foods you can eat. I really think I like combinations you can make. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's, and, and, you know, have coming up with some sort of combination and having, you know, building this whole profile, uh, I think is, I, I think it is the future too. Like I think that people are going to are getting on board with it as well. Well, now real quick too, like you see, you skimmed over. I bought a brewery kit and then I had eight beers on tap. Like wait a minute, <laughs> yeah. hold on. Yeah. <laughs> well, because everyone yeah. tells that story of that that kit that they got right, and they're like it was horrible. Like, but I drank it anyway. So yeah. so was oh, that yeah. first beer a success? Like was it a I don't know why I pronounce success that way, but success. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. You know what? Um, to be honest, I'm not going to lie because we were so excited about that first beer. It was a triple yeah. Belgian, and it was awesome. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, to us, it tasted so great. Um, I, and it's probably, like, today, if I was going to try it again, it probably is terrible. Yeah. But, like, to us, it was, like, the fruit of our labor and, yeah. like, of you know, a month of waiting for this beer and we drink it and it was probably like eight and a half percent alcohol by volume. And so we're like feeling a little good too, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so, so, um, your roommate who, yes. what, what did, what was their, what was her or his it, industry? Where did they work? Uh, yeah, actually he worked for Apple. Um, really? like, so this was just a hobby, a hobby of his hobby of mine. Um, and our neighbor was in real estate. And so we just like, we just started cause we just wanted to brew beer and brew our own beer. And then uh, it quickly just kind of progressed into this this more than a hobby, obviously now. <laughs> um, but it was just uh, it was just something fun for us all to do together. And From um, that first kit yeah. to the full-blown solar panel brewery in the garage, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. What was, was there a pretty short time period? And was there kits in between? Or was it a pretty quick, like, let's do this? Um, so, yeah, so... So at the time, um, we were like, let's start a brewery and let's start, let's start brewing beer more than just, let's start building recipes. Like, and it was, you know, it was fun, but also like, okay, let's, we could totally turn this into something. We're making some really good beer. And it was like, uh, we hadn't even used all great hadn't even used all all grain yet like yeah. it wasn't even an all grain brewery but we were like gosh this beer is so good like let's try to like let's elevate this a little bit um and so we uh that's kind of how it happened was let's start a brewery and let's build something that we can create some great recipes on so um we uh, we we aimed for the 25 gallon because then we could have four carboys of, of five gallons of beer with each with each batch and each one of those carboys, we could do something different, add different yeast, add different flavors following, um, you know, kind of like the world is your oyster with, you know, doing th- with, with adding whatever you want to that beer. Right. Um, and that was really how the recipes were developed. And uh, so then, you know, kind of going through like fast forwarding, um, we, we ended up not obvious, obviously doing this 
ha having this brewery, but I, I still loved it. Like this was like, I, this was my passion. I actually went to a couple of coaches in, um, like during this time. And I was like, you know, I don't, I don't know if like, I don't know what I should be doing. I don't know all these question questions. And they were like, girl, you need to brew beer. Like <laughs> this is your passion. This is what really? you want to do. Um, yeah. and I just like, I was like, this is like my happy place, um, is brewing. And even today, like I, the brew, like when we brew, it's the best time. And it's my favorite part of this job and probably the smallest amount of time that's actually doing, I, we don't, we brew every, um, a couple times a month and we brew large scale, like large batches right now. And so we don't brew all that often, yeah. but it is like when you like walk into a brewery as it's, as we're brewing, it's like the best smelling, like environment, like inspiration overload. It's just awesome. <laughs> it's, and so, um, I totally got off track though. No, I don't no, even know right what we're talking track, about. Yes. I'm like thinking about like biscuity smells. And you're smelling like, oh my I was doing this. Like, what is that? Yeah. yeah. So it is a great smell though. Like you, it, and it's acquired though. Right. Because yeah. at first, uh, we started going to mother road up in up in Flagstaff. That was like my first, like true love as a brewery. And my wife was not a fan. She still isn't. She, we go into a brewery where it's, you know, you go into like Scottsdale beer company, you don't really smell smell that right. but like somewhere where the brewing is like right there uh -huh. you get that that smell of the of the mash and all that oh, and, yeah. and you just grow to love it i love it too but yeah. she's like oh it smells like potatoes <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah or like bad bread what yeah, is this yeah. Yeah. yeah talk talk a little bit about some of that space that was in between there where you go from well you, you didn't do it with your your roommate and your friend and you started it on your own what do you go out and find investors do you bootstrap this whole thing mm -hmm. like uh, tell us tell us that process yeah w whatever you can share with us of course yeah so um and I'm kind of an open book so I if you know you have any questions I'm happy to answer <laughs> them um but uh and this was actually in February of last year and that was kind of the time when I was like okay I really want to start something um what what do I start and this whole business a lot of it is understand I mean in any business it's understanding your market you know it's understanding who is your consumer what do they want um, is you know what is the demographic do they need your product um, and so we really wanted to uh, I really wanted to understand my market um, and I thought the best way of doing that is doing these you know these surveys um, I actually started this uh, blog, this company called the Elegant Beer Drinker, and it started as a blog. And I really just wanted the whole purpose was to start hearing from people, from women, and understanding why they drink beer and what what inspires them to choose the beers that they choose. Um, and so it was kind of like this market research six month period of time. And then you know I realized that. I'm not a blog writer. Uh, it takes me 12 hours to write something <laughs> like as of any substance. Uh, and I wasn't brewing. You know, I was like, this is not really the direction that I need to be taking to get to my end goal. Um, and so I, uh, I thought I needed a partner. Um, and at the time, I, I was um, saving and really just getting some cushion for really what I thought we'd need at the beginning and or what the business would need at the beginning. And so I thought I needed a partner. So I met with someone um, and it just kind of was that Kickstarter to be like, you don't need a partner. Mm -hmm. um, you know what you want. Someone may come in and totally shift like this whole brand. Um, and it was actually a, a gentleman. So it would have been, you know, kind of 
not just like a different it would have been different yeah um and so I, uh, it kind of, it was that total Kickstarter. I met him on a Saturday. Like I left the meeting, I went home and I just started researching like women beer organizations and, uh, found Pink Boots Society, um, which I don't know if you guys are familiar with I'm that. Not. A little bit. Yeah. Um, Pink Boots Society, it's a national organization, um, nonprofit, and it's women in the beer industry that get together and month, we get together in Phoenix monthly, um, and have, any type of beer education or just kind of getting together, talking about highlights, not like in low lights of the industry, like what's going on, you <laughs> yeah. know, trials, tribulations, like what you're doing um, and uh, really helping each other. And so uh, anyway, found this organization, emailed um, the president the next day. They were having a meeting on that following Monday, like literally two days later. Um, she invited me to the, the meeting, Billy McGovern, you rock. Um, <laughs> from, um, uh, Belgian, Belgian Beaver. Beaver. Yeah, yeah, yeah nice. she's awesome. I haven't met her in person, but she's, she's on my list of people you, I want to meet. For yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely need to meet her. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she, uh, so she invited me to the, to the, to their event and like I put my brewery name at the time was Elegant Beer Drinkers. Seriously, that was our name and, uh, put it on my name tag and, uh, and went to this meeting and um, met so, I mean, like, literally, it was so emotional. I, like, almost walked in. I was, like, tears welling up in my eyes. I'm, like, these are my people. <laughs> <laughs> these, are my, these are my people. Um, and so I, and like, met some so great people, like, and just connecting, like, so helpful. Like, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? How can we help? Um, and uh, And then ended up meeting um, meeting people to, to contract brew with, um, and or meeting the tap room, um, uh, somebody who worked for a t the tap rooms, and like met, met a few women who are brewery owners or um, who co-own a brewery and in the area to um, kind of get their, to pick their brain. Yeah. Um, so I was brewing planning and then like the doors, like the floodgates opened like from this meeting. And it was just like, from I think we I went to this meeting in August. We launched the brand the first week in December. We these bottles were made. We had like a great party of seventeen. Um, of seventeen, wow. yes. Yeah, so okay. It was like it was super fast. Yeah. Um, and it was just kind of like, what do we need to do to get you know get started? Um, but it was all self-funded and um, really bootstrapped for the future. Is mm. what I hope. Um, I was really thinking about investors, um, but I really like to to bootstrap as much as possible at this point. And, and you know, bank loans and, you know, going into debt a little bit um, <laughs> and and um, and and, find, and funding that way. So from there, um, I immediately hired a marketing team um, and they were so awesome. Uh, They're super kick ass, if I can say, ass on here sorry you can say ass yes you can <laughs> eric said much worse yeah um, <laughs> he seems to enjoy it a little too much to be honest with you i'll, yeah. say, I'll say it for you they were fucking radical oh yes they were they were oh my gosh they so were and um they like we had this one meeting it was like two hour meeting and it was introducing the brand and the concept and like it was a room full of women and there was one man and they were just all like oh my gosh we love it. Let's do this. And so it was like everybody spoke the same language. We like launched the brand, start like started to build and like started to build this like product, um, and like 
now we're here. Here we are. So uh, where did the transition from Elegant to oh, yes. Elegant to Greenwood? To Greenwood, yeah. So um, I'm from Iowa, a small town in Iowa. Um, awesome community, great people. Um, my family actually owns a bunch of, uh, well, they own a grocery store called Greenwood's Grocery. It's a small um, grocery store in like a, a couple thousand person town. And our family owns, it's, I come from a line of butchers actually. And then, um, they, we, ha we have other family businesses from in this town and it's one of like Greenwood properties, Greenwood pharmacy. And so I really wanted to keep this like Greenwood theme going. So I ended up, um, I ha we had like so many brainstorming sessions and I have like, I own like four different LLCs and 10 different domains of different <laughs> names that we were going to do. And finally they were like, my marketing team was like, you have to do Greenwood. Like this is the, like you just, that's just right. It just feels right. And yeah. I'm so glad we did because it's, um, it's so fun. Uh, and it's really brings a lot to the brand. Like we want, we want to be like a, a brand that, um, that you can take hiking with you that you, you know, like that's some, a beer that's like really refreshing after a long day of hiking in the Arizona mountains, you know? And like, yeah. uh, and so we, we uh, went with Greenwood Brewing and, um, that's kind of how it evolved. That was, and I think like September of last year or October, beginning of October. So we had like two months to actually b make these beers and like, um, build out our actual product. Yeah. Uh, so that was the shift to Greenwood Brewing. Um, yeah. I, and you can see, like, we talked about this before, but the bottle kind of represents it, too, um, in, in, in a lot of our branding. Just kind of like that foresty feel, like, um, I don't want to say wilderness because wilderness is a brewery. <laughs> it's but like, like an wilderness. Arizona wilderness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, kind of rustic. Um, and it kind of contrasts that feminine, like, that feminine part of the brand, too. So. Yeah, it, it's almost kind of like uh, goddess-like, too, right? Yeah. When you look at it, like, it's it's... I don't know. Like you see those pictures of like like um, what am I thinking of? Like the like the Native American yes. um, shaman. Is that the word I'm looking for? I or? think that's one of them. No, yes. I don't um, think it's a shaman. Not shaman. <laughs> uh, but you know what I mean. Like, like a princess, like a, or like, like, a, a, or like, like a, a not a princess. Yes, like something a, like Pocahontas. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Only more mystical. A mystical Pocahontas. Yeah. But it's beautiful. I, I love it. Like Thanks. I love the, the colors too, and just yeah. No, you you nailed it with that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where it started was from, from our, of course, from like the name. That's, yeah. Um, and, and, and let me ask, what, what has it been like in the marketplace? It sounds like you're being received really well, but, you know, being out there in this space as I don't know how many female um, brewers are out here. I think uh, brewers, actually, I have no idea how many brewers there are in Arizona. Um, brewery owners, I'd say there's probably five to six in Arizona. Wow. Um, I, that's just like off the top of my head. Uh, a lot of, I mean, and it's, you wouldn't, you wouldn't guess that. I wouldn't guess that necessarily. No. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a good representation of women owners actually in the, in, in Arizona or decent, I should say. I, I don't know about good, but, um, there are, we are, we are there. Yeah. <laughs> we are the, out there. The female, I think the p female presence in the Arizona craft beer scene is, is pretty good. Yeah. Like, I mean, as far as sales reps go, as far as, um, management, as far as, you know, co-ownership too, you mm -hmm. know? Um, yeah. Yeah. And, um, I think IBIS world, uh, just came out 
I was reading some of their statistics the other day, and 75% of men drink a craft beer every week. 25% of women drink a craft beer every week. Interesting. Um, and mm. one question that was uh, was asked was like, do you feel like it's something like, do you feel like you're represented well? And 75% of women said no. Like, they don't feel like they're represented well. And I thought that was a really funny question to ask. Um, and then uh, I just read this other article. Um, uh, oh, gosh, the author is totally escaping my name, but why she buys. She wrote this article. Her name is Brennan. Um, I, her name is escaping me. But anyway, she, she writes a lot about, you know, women being... Um, not being represented right in this in this industry like think about how many brands are targeted to women i mean it's very small right if not um like very small it is <laughs> yeah well it's yeah. all be it's beards and flannel right that's the yeah. that's kind of the the image but from the industry like you're asking eric um i you know men are so welcoming to us you know and just so helpful everyone in this industry is just like this rocks, you know, we love women, men, the men are like, we love women. Of yeah. course they do. Like we love men too, you know? Um, and so they're like, this is awesome. Um, however we can help. And that's just, you know, I kind of find that that's a lot of people in general. Uh, but really, yeah. especially in this industry where everyone's enjoying beer, you know, we're making beer. We're not, you know, we're, we're, it's something that you should be excited about and happy about. And, you know, really pleased to share your product and so and that's kind of the same we the same feedback that we get in the industry but yeah i mean we are there's a it's just a smaller a smaller group of women um yeah. but our goal is to get more women into craft beer you know yeah. is to pr produce products that that women can feel like they are included and um and and want but really right now more men are drinking this beer than women i'm not excluding <laughs> men by any means you didn't mean that yeah that was a, not intended right no like, oh, no yeah. but it is just you know like that is our goal is to like get like get women involved yeah. too so but yeah i mean my significant other loves this beer it's <laughs> <laughs> so. a great beer it better it really is yeah, I, I, yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> or he tells me that i guess yeah. he's, I, i'm kind of biased, yeah. he's biased too. Yeah. <laughs> how, how many taps do you have um how many locations are yeah. we at so probably 25 locations we're in and out of a lot of the places that we love to be at i mean we love being here at Alcatillo. this place is beautiful this is um, a great place my first time here oh really yeah okay yeah i love it it is so great and they're they're building out um some something that might be secret so i can't say but they're building something over there and you know what it is i do but i don't um, know if it's like public i don't know we'll, if it's like we'll, we'll, we'll pause it hold on I just, okay i just paused the recording so now you can tell us <laughs> um and so then and like we're sitting outside in the misters it's not even like too hot no. out here or anything yeah. um and so we're here we're at we but we also love being of course at like our craft beer bars um you know we get such uh like the whining pigs have been so um, inclusive to us and so helpful and um, I mean every one of our customers is that way we just did a couple festivals with Whining Pig and poured with them and um, so it's you know we we love being at all of our customers locations um, but we are probably in and out of 20 to 25 you know and that's kind of just going in in rotating through their taps um, but we are on the menu here um, at 
uh, in a few different locations around hmm. the valley. Yeah. So you're not you're not brewing in the garage anymore, though, right? No, no. we're not brewing in the garage anymore. I should have said that. At the People ask me that all the time. Like, so you're brewing in your well, kitchen? I knew, I knew. I was leading you over to that, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, no, we actually brew. We're contract brewing. And um, we are brewing on a 20-barrel system in the West Valley. And we are just distributing. So we don't have our beer in a tap room at the moment. So my goal was really to kind of get some brand awareness and and start building our recipes on, like, and scaling them. So, you know, I think that um, something that I've been learning for the last, uh, you know, almost year uh, of brewing on, like, larger batches is, you know, scaling is... Um, can be very challenging and your flavor of your beer can very much change and you're brewing it on a larger scale. So like let's, so we started on a seven barrel system and then moved up to eight, moved up to 10, moved up to 20, um, moving up to 60. And so, uh, but every time you scale up, you're, you're kind of like, everyone's like holding their breath, like, oh my gosh, is this going to be the same beer? Is it going to taste as good? Like what's going to happen? Um, and you're scaling at the same time right so like we're brewing more of the beer that you're kind of like oh like how's it gonna come out um so uh that's been an awesome challenge uh, that but something that i was kind of not foreseeing um and something that we're you know we wanted to kind of get the kinks out before we um we really started opening up our own tap room what i've now realized is you know, we can't, um, a one barrel brewery that I own isn't going to produce enough beer for us to have at a tap room or to sell or anything. Um, uh, so we are building out a location downtown Phoenix, um, or somewhere in this area, uh, later this year. So we're finalizing our location, um, and we'll have a small tap room, wow. um, that people can come and try the beer. And then it can, and then it also serves as, you know, our recipe builder. Um, right now we're not, we're not making new recipes. We're using our existing recipes. And I have some really cool new, like, things coming out, new um, ideas that I'm just so excited to actually get into a, a, a small brewery so that we can mess it up and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and just play around. Um, so, so that will be coming later this year, yes. Nice. What, what have, what's been two moments for you? And, and moments being... That one, maybe it was when you were at that, that meeting, the Pink, Pink, Pink Boot Society. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe it was there, because you already mentioned it gave you tears in your eyes. But what, what would be kind of those moments that the first one might be, oh, shit, uh, do I really want to go down this road? Gosh. And the other one being, oh, my God, it's all happening. Um, <clears throat> so... I would say we had an event at Sip Coffee and Beer Garage, and that's when we first launched our beer in March. And it was our first customer, and Brian Kane is awesome, and had our beer on tap. And that was the moment that was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it's happening. Because, you know, seeing your beer or, like, seeing your beer, your name in a menu, seeing your beer on a chalkboard, it's just like, whoa. Like we're like people can buy this. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. we're making sales. Like this yeah. is actually happening. So that would also be terrifying, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh! Like, there's no turning back. Um, <laughs> so, I'd say probably that moment was like equally those two questions that you said. Um, but when you're hiring people, I'd say like our first, my first hire, like our first contract 
um, our first the, per, the first person that I contracted, which was our marketing team. I mean, it's um, you're kind of like when you bring somebody in, you're like, now it's not just about me. It's not just about like my product, my brand. It's now about somebody else's employment that's relying on us mm -hmm. to succeed. Um, and that's, I think, I mean, a big shift as I'm sure you guys know, like this is, it's the same thing. Like it's, um, you know, it's, it's now about your consumer, about your employees, you know, keeping them happy and keeping them proud to work for you. Um, and also with work. Yeah. And so I'd say that that's probably a point where you're like, oh my gosh, do I do this? Like, is this like, are we ready? Am I ready? Right. Is this, you know, like, <laughs> right. uh, but yeah, that I'd say those are two the probably the two biggest wow. ones. Yeah. Very cool. Memorable. Have you found a place downtown yet? Like, have you found a location? We thought we did. Okay. Uh, and it's a city-owned building, and we just found out uh, about a probably a week ago that it is not going out for RFP until two years from now, and we uh, thought that it was coming out like this month or next month. Uh, so it's a really cool building. Yeah. Um, so we're kind of going back to the drawing board. I'm actually meeting with some people later today um, to find a new location. We were, I, I kind of, you know, you just never know. Um, it's a historic building and it's, um, and so it's, it's a renovation. It's part of the Hans Park renovation. Um, if you've heard of it, like downtown mm -hmm. Phoenix, there's, it's right on the 10. Um, it's a beautiful park, but the city is, um, is putting millions of dollars into renovating the park and building it up to have a lot of really great amenities. And so we really want to be, to be part of that. Um, hope maybe we still can. Um, but at this, like this time, this location is, um, is probably not going to be the one that we can mm. bid on. So yeah. um, we are looking. So if there's people that are look that have spaces, <laughs> I'm like gonna ask right now because we are looking for something. What are you um, looking for? Like, what know. are you looking like? What are what is your like your the things the checklist that you're wanting? So um, like a not build out location, like the bare bones that we can get would be like the square footage would be something less than five thousand square feet. Okay. Um, something that like if we're just talking like high level, it would be. Um, something that you can enjoy outdoor space um and then so like whether that be a patio or something that you can i just think that a lot of times breweries like you want to be outside and it, we enjoy beautiful weather yeah. all like most of the year so uh and like we're literally sitting in the summer here and you can still sit outside right yeah. now yeah um so anyway that's uh, another criteria and parking uh, that's a good one. That's, um, a, that's, that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that breweries are destinations and people come and they enjoy a couple beers and they leave or they enjoy a beer and they leave And you know, we're a tap house. So it's not going to be food. There's not going to be like a lot of, you're going to come there, you're going to drink our beer. And, um, so parking, especially in Phoenix, I think is, is, um, it's kind of a non-negotiable yeah. is what I'm hoping. I'm hoping unless we like find something that we absolutely love with no parking, but well, that could be the place, right? Because you go to a couple places like, oh man, there's nowhere to park. Well, Greenwood always has parking. Let's go to Greenwood. Right. right? Exactly. Also their beer is amazing. Yeah. As well, so that helps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, so those are our three, like the three criteria that I'm looking for right now. Gotcha. Okay. Well, if anybody's listening. Yes. And you reach have out. Yes. <laughs> yeah. well, and hopefully that's the case. There's lots of people listening. Yeah. Yes. Yes. 
So. Yeah. What, what do you, so you kind of just give us the vision for the next year, maybe next year or two years. Yeah. Where do you see this eventually going? So, um, you know, a couple of things. There's one thing that I didn't really realize when we were starting was how fun the marketing side is. Um, and of course, so when we did the survey, to, uh, it was 200 women that we surveyed, and it was, um, I can't remember, I should have said this before we started, huh. um, but we, we surveyed uh, 200 women, and one of the questions was, um, what, why do you choose what you choose in a bar, a restaurant? Why do you choose what you choose in a retail space? Um, and there was 10 responses that you could select from. And uh, in a restaurant, it was the style, like the style, the flavor. And then number two was whatever my bartender recommended me or our um, server recommended interesting. me. Um, then like three was whatever the person next to me recommends or, or suggests or is getting. Um, and, then, uh, and then the fourth one was local. Um, or like between three and four was like almost the same. And it was local beer. And uh, so that is, and even when we do festivals and we talk to people um, and we have, you know, two beers, one's local and one's not local, um, same style, people, people cho choose local. Um, and that's just our experience. And I'd say probably eight out of 10 times it's a local beer. Um, we actually had with one of our customers that we had this logo um, next to our beer name and it, it was, it said California on it. It, ha it was like a brewery out of California. It was the wrong logo that they had tied to our beer. And our, and our beer sat, um, sat for a couple of weeks in, in this restaurant. And we we're like, you know, this is so strange. Like our beer normally moves really quickly. Like I'm so confused. And then we looked and we saw that this, this logo that was next to the beer was actually not ours. And it was from California. We changed it to like a woman owned Arizona brewing company and it was there for like four or five days. And it was just like, it was off. On and that off. Big change. It was a huge difference. change. Yeah. Um, it was, and it was like, uh, and it was, you know, it was very much attributed to being an Arizona beer. Um, so I really want to keep that local presence as, as, as much as possible. And you know, how do you do that? The question is, how do you make it local for us? How do you make it local for somebody in Iowa, someone in California, all of them. And you can't build the location everywhere. Um, so something that I'm really excited about is this Her Story beer and um, this Her, Her Story concept, which is kind of like, sometimes people ask me, it's like, is it Her Story, like history, or is it Her Story? And it's both. So like, <laughs> we're just going to get that out there. Love it. Um, and so, but it's, it's bringing this Her Story local. Um, and and featuring women in general that are just doing some kick-ass stuff, so doing badass things all around the country and representing them and bringing that local presence um, into the actual product. Um, so my, my brother actually works in, in, in artificial intelligence and you can, like, it's so cool what's gonna happen, terrifying, but really cool. And um, like, we can put a QR code on here and put up our phones and the, and the QR code brings up a face, like an actual person that can tell a story. And, and you're holding the beer bottle right you're now. Holding, yeah, yeah, I'm holding the beer bottle. So like we have the, the QR card code in the beer bottle and the person can 
tell this story, this person's story, like this woman's story. And it can change every time we add someone new. Like, wow. and it's just this QR code and it ties like, directly to like whatever we want to showcase that, like at that time, that month, that week, whatever it is going to be. And how cool that you can share people's stories like in person while we're already having a conversation, learn something yeah. um, and bring that local presence like into the product. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about, um, so that's, you know, keeping something that's really important to the people who are drinking our beer and also representing them in their community and the people who are in their community and sharing stories. And I mean, I, so um, that's, our, that's something that we hope. So this, is, this first year is like what we were just talking about, building out our location. But from then on, it's really like this marketing piece that like I'm so excited about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's what the website is? Yeah. Oh, so this is just, so this is um, one of our websites. Yeah. Okay. Is the Her Story website. And then our website is greenwoodbrews.com. Okay. Um, but yeah, you can nominate people on our website. So that's how we get to talk to a lot of the people who, um, who we feature. We feature, a, a, we have someone featured once a month um, at the moment, but you know, we want to make that more frequent. And so you can nominate um, somebody who just you think is doing some great things and yeah. um it could be anyone so like and just anyone that's that you want to represent or showcase or whatever so um so we're yeah that's something that we're we're doing right now and i think it's it could it's going to be really really cool. i think it's going to be huge and yeah. i'm going to tell you we would love to be a part of that oh cool so let's talk when we're done because okay. i think there's a lot that we could do together <laughs> that Absolutely. i mean i would love to do yeah that too yes definitely <laughs> Yeah. Um, so that's and so that's like this beer is called her story, you know, yeah. and that's where the whole concept kind of comes from is sharing stories. And, you know, hopefully there'll be like a history, too. So, like, um, I mean, I want to be inclusive of men just as much. Um, so uh, for for now, it is her story. OK. And Love that it. Sharing. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. So um, that's like our that's like my big vision. You yeah. know, like that's something that I think would be just really, really cool. But you're going that way. Mm -hmm. Like you're 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 I'm seeing the things you're sharing on social media about people that you're highlighting. Mm -hmm. I think it's awesome. So you're already fall. You're already doing what, what it is that, you know, that you're setting out to do. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's yeah. awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, from a marketing side, that is one of our, you know, one of the pieces, of course, then packaging um, mm -hmm. and uh, packaging and cans, packaging and bottles um, and really following uh, the trend that we're seeing right now, which is cans um, and, and getting cans out and available. Right now we are only in kegs. Um, and so getting like at the same time, simultaneously building out our packaging and building out our, our brewery is like the, the next the next big hurdles to overcome. When do you um, think cans will come? Cans are coming after bottles. So I'd say, oh. yeah, bottles are actually coming, will come this year. Um, I'm hoping that we can get them uh, even like mid fall, like somewhere in like September, October is something that I think is attainable. Uh, we just like, we are just figured out like that we could actually produce these white bottles. So um, we're, you know, we want to quickly get them available because people ask us all the time, like, where can I get this white bottle? Where can I get this white bottle? Um, and I think that that's, it's also, you know, really representative, it's really representing our, our brand more than a pint glass really yeah. right now, you know? 
So well, I went into, uh, so I, I, I saw that you were uh, going into King's Convenience. Mm -hmm. So I go in there and I'm looking and I'm looking, I'm looking for the white bottle. Oh yeah. And Mickey's like, what, what are you looking for? I'm like, I'm looking for the Greenwood Brewing Beer. He's like, oh, they're not, they're, we don't have that. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Because you look for that white bottle. It's so iconic, right? Uh -huh. Because it, that, that stands out. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll get a crowler. And I wasn't disappointed. So don't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you do want that though, yeah. right? Like it's a signature. It's kind of like a signature um, bottle and it's, it's, you know, it's elegant, um, but also just like, so yeah, we, that's exactly why we want to get our packaging yeah. going too. Same reason. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So that's, um, you know, that's kind of the foreseeable future. We do have, um, so I do have a whole line of beer that is a little bit different. It, um, and instead of brewing with fruit juice or artificial flavoring or anything like that we actually add essential oil to our beer oh, uh, really? like edible essential oil um during different processes so you could do it like right in the bottle it kind of impacts the head of your beer so um you, you want to be careful with that um and then you or you can put it in the boil um that's probably really where we and we we do put these um different flavors in but it's like the world is your oyster there's no you know, you don't have to worry about bacteria. Um, and it's, uh, there's a, like a whole, a whole world of flavors out there for us. So we're, um, I'm excited to say that like that is our next line is going to be like this, this cool new, like all these different flavors. Like we have, um, at our launch party last year, we did three different flavors. We had grapefruit, we had tangerine, and then we had cilantro lime. Um, and they were really fun and really aromatic. It brings like this really cool like aromatic feature to the beer um and we we actually uh the way that it happened was we had i i was drinking a really like really bitter ipa it's a bad word to say but i was <laughs> using like i was drinking this really like it was not my forte and um i was like gosh i i I don't really want to drink the rest of this beer, but it's beer and I'm going to drink the rest of it. And so I actually had this grapefruit little, like this, um, this little, um, bottle of grapefruit with me. And so I plop, plopped like a little bead of, of essential oil in the grape, in the, in the beer. And it was like, it changed, obviously it changed like everything. It like, I now brew beer with essential oil. It was so good. It was so different. And like, it took away that like after, like really, really strong mm. aftertaste. Does anybody do that? Like, have like, you heard I've, of that? I've seen it. So like I started to research it in, in like homebrewers yeah. forums. Some people do in like homebrewers breweries, um, but not a lot of like, it's not like widely. Yeah. Um, used in the industry or anything by any means. I don't know of any commercial brewery that's doing that. Um, but uh, it is like, it's, it totally just transforms the beer and it brings like this cool aroma like that you don't, like you get when you dry hop, you yeah. know, when you yeah. dry hop the beer. And um, so anyway, so what, that was... When do you anticipate um, trying that in a, in a brew? That's, so that will come with our... Um, with our, and we're just getting another round of beers, by the way. <laughs> yes. um, and, um, so that will come um, with our with our build out this year. Okay. Yeah. So that's something that I'm really excited about with the brewery in general. You know, it's it's very earthy. It's bringing in really cool, different like natural flavors and natural like 
essence of oil, like the oils um, into the beer. Really, you're extracting the oil from the hops, so it's like not a totally like crazy idea. Um, it's just like this is already a product that's existing and something that we can easily play around with. Um, the people who tried the grapefruit and the tangerine, like they, it was, um, I had a vote and it was like uh, seriously almost exactly equal at the end was like cilantro, or was tangerine and grapefruit and like half the people, no, over half the people, like 90% of the people hated the cilantro lime. Like we were just ah, like, this really? is like the worst. Like <laughs> nobody tried the cilantro lime first. Like it's so bad. And like 10% of people were like, I want this now. Like, I want this in my house. I want this in the my... The cilantro lime? Yes. Uh. Like, they were like, I want this in my mar- in my um, Bloody Mary. I want this in my, like, with my tacos. I want this, like, <laughs> all the time. It's like yeah. the cilantro lime. But, um, yeah, so there's, like, a whole other line of beer that, like, could you could use any base, you know, and then you have kind of, like, the herbs and the, and the fruit and just really cool flavors and... And even and even compliant health benefits. Right, essential oils are very very beneficial. Yeah. yeah. So um, and there's compliant language that you can use right. that like actually help you with right. your, like things like your digestive tract oh, and like, wow. like that. That's true. Yeah. You know, like it's actually um, so. Anyway, I, it could be. It's, I'm really excited about that too. Like that's a whole line of beer that we haven't really revealed to like publicly. So. You know, I have to tell you that the sky is the limit for you. Um, we were talking with Brian Helton yesterday of Helton Brewery. Brewery, right? Yeah. Brewing um, company. Brewing. I think oh, everything's brewing a brewing company. company or yeah. Brewing. But anyhow, we were talking to him yesterday and talking about the industry and how, you know, it's very similar in the food industry where some people get into it just because they're super passionate and they don't understand the business side. They don't understand the marketing side. And you get it. I mean, the, 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 the marketing and the market research that you're doing, I, I haven't heard anybody talk about it. Now, again, I'm a novice in this industry, but even on the, the food and, and wine side of things, you just don't see it. So, I mean, it is so obvious that you're going to kill it. Oh, it, it really is. <laughs> it, it, uh, combined with that passion, because everybody does need to be passionate in something that they're going to succeed in. But if you bring in that element of understanding business, understanding marketing, understanding sales, then the sky's the limit. And, you know, it's, it's going to be fun to watch. And, you know, whatever we can do to help you, we, we certainly want to be a part of it. Cool. Yeah, Thank absolutely. you. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, we're so excited, too. I mean, um, and that is, like, you know, understanding our market, like, it's always changing, of course, obviously. But, like, um, it's like any incubator that you go through. It's like, where's the problem? Like, what are you, who are you solving a problem for? Um, and, you know, and really understanding who is your ideal client. Like a lot of, I, I don't know if everybody knows who that is, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Who, True. Who, and where are they, where are they eating? Where are they drinking? Where, you know, and um, that's something that, I mean, in this day today, I mean, if you're not on social media and you're a brewery, you, I mean, you're missing out on a huge opportunity or if you're not, you know, like, so I think that marketing is something that um, it just has become such a huge component of our entire brand that we, you know, for more or less like that, it it just has to be, you know, and today, especially, um, how do you differentiate yourself from every other brewery? Um, and like, there are some awesome breweries in Arizona, like people like so, so, so good. And, you know, getting your beer out there for somebody to actually select off of 
you could make really great beer, but somebody has to buy it. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thank you. I, we're real, we're so excited. I'm really excited to just to, to to ride this roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. So okay. So how where to what is it? Greenwood Brewing on Instagram, Facebook. Yes, Greenwood Brewing on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, Greenwood Brews on Twitter and GreenwoodBrews.com is our website. Okay. So. Awesome. And look for the, the tap handle. We didn't even talk about the tap handle. That's badass. Thanks. Wooden tap handle. Yeah. It says real big, her story on yes. there. Yes. Yep. It's actually engraved by my uncle. Like, really? Yeah. Every one of the tap handles yes. that you see. Wow. Yep. That's it's, awesome. And my uncle engraves them by like in uh, at his shop in Iowa and uh, and does, uh, it's all real wood and they're really fun and cool. And yeah. So it's, you know, very family and and like very small business oriented really in general and so yeah awesome well yeah. keep an eye out you guys are listening keep an eye out for this keep an eye out for the bottles um if you see it on tap get it yeah you will not regret it <laughs> yeah. i'm not regretting the second one at all oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. thank you very much <laughs> yeah thank you both of you i love what you're doing i love listening to your podcasts and seeing your videos like very inspirational well, so, awesome. Yeah. Well, 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 thank you. Thank we you. appreciate your support as well. Cool. All yes. right. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. cheers. Well, let's just make sure that this one uh, goes on to the... Uh, oh, yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> not, not on the equipment. No, no, no. no. Uh, you know, I can clean up. So tapthateasy.com is the website. Uh, Tap That Easy Podcast on Instagram. And I think it's just Tap That Easy on Facebook. I should probably know this. But uh, also <laughs> azfoodandbeer.com. Uh, Az Food and Beer on Instagram and Facebook. We've got some big things. We've in got a lot, of, a lot of big things in the works, um, both AZ Food and Beer and AZ Food and Wine. We're excited to uh, get to a point where we can share it with everybody, and when we can, it's going to be very, very big. Yeah. Very big. Including, we're, gonna, we're looking at another podcast as well. Oh. Yes, for the people who enjoy food as much as they enjoy food. Yeah, I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a lot of people out there that uh, do, yes. Well, speaking of food, we've got uh, this gentleman Dave. here. Dave. Dave, come on over. Yay. Got, Dave from uh, from Akatio Restaurant is going to sit down with us as well. Oh, yeah. yep. He's getting pretty excited. He was the guy you heard about five minutes ago yelling at the TV. <laughs> uh, World Cup is on, and uh, <laughs> he's into it. Dave, thanks for joining us. I just put those right over your ears. There you go. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, so thanks for uh, for letting us set up shop here in the. Middle well, area. it's summer, and there was no one else out here, so you guys <laughs> were brave enough to sit out here, so you deserve to be out here. Yes. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about Acatillo. So um, Acatillo's a new American restaurant. It's, a, it's really a three-meal restaurant, so it's a lunch business place, Monday through Friday, uh, dinner um, Monday through Saturday, and brunch both Saturday and Sunday. The only day we're dark is... Sunday evening after four when brunch when brunch concludes. Okay. Uh, the menu's based on seasonal ingredients, and we try to make the menu big enough as an a la carte offerings menu to appeal to a lot of different dining uh, choices. You know, there's a lot of different diets out there now that you have to consider. Yep. You know, uh, vegan and vegetarian, and, you know, um, we want to offer enough that anybody can come here and still find something to eat. Yeah. So... Um, you know, it's uh, really a compound restaurant, so it, it sits as a component of its parts. Um, right here, we're in the beer garden, which is covered, and you know, you got the misters, so it's bearable. Uh, we have the little area behind you, Lucy's Lawn, 
Um, there's a stage out there. We do a lot of eventing in this space, a lot okay. of weddings and a lot of holiday parties and stuff like that. Um, we have the dining room, which uh, seats an ample amount of people. We have a bar there. Also, we host this bar in the winter uh, when, we're, when it pays to open it. Um, there will be a third uh, cocktail bar on the property starting next fall. That was a secret. Uh, that, was a <laughs> <laughs> that was a secret. I didn't know if I could share it or not. Oh, no. Okay, I was just like, oh, Side I don't car. know. Sidecar. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, they all look like train cars, right? Yeah. So we call this the caboose. And uh, so like we it. just started calling that the sidecar because, you know, the era of the speakeasy cocktail, you know. Yeah. So. Super cool. And that's yeah. going to be it, it focused be on. Cool. It will be cool. And it's going to be swanky. Yeah. You, know, you need your speakeasy to be a little swanky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> we also have the flower and third patio, which is not, you know, it gets a lot of direct sunlight right now in the summer. So that that's a little tough. But uh, other than that, you know, we're, we're hanging tough, getting through summer like every other Arizona restaurant. Yeah. And uh, we just got to keep it interesting, keep the service on point and be able to accommodate the needs of the guest. And, and we were talking earlier, you, you change up the menu, right? Yeah. You know, we want to be seasonal, and, and uh, we're blessed in the sense that our chefs understand um, seasonal cooking. Uh, Walter Sterling, our executive chef, you know, he comes from the fine dining world where, you know, they base their menus on the seasonality of mm -hmm. what's in season at the time. And so we want to do that in a much more casual, upscale way that, you know, again, appeals to a lot of people. But... We also want to showcase what's what's good about Arizona mm. at different times of the year. And the other thing is we have a lot of regulars here in Midtown. Uh, we survive less on tourism and more on people that live in the area. So sure. if people come to your restaurant, let's say, four or five times a month, you've got to keep it interesting for them, or otherwise they're going to get tired of eating the same thing all the time. Yeah. Mm. Now, the downside of that is you can really make somebody mad when you take off their favorite thing, like you with the fish and chips. So. <laughs> he was bragging it up, too. He's like, He's oh, like, oh I can't best. wait to have the fish and chips. I'm like, been off the menu six months. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, so bad. I, I have to tell you, the dishes that, that I've experienced here have been phenomenal. And our, our philosophy at AZ Food & Wine and AZ Food & Beer is we just find great dishes and share them with the community, and there's not a bad dish here that we've experienced. And no, Arizona has come a long way. It used to be the beta test market for fast food and chain restaurants mm -hmm. in the country, yeah. and now it's really emerging, and it's really super exciting uh, because, you know, it, it's only going to go up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and the, the population is dynamic and shifting. And so it's no longer just winter haven for yeah. retiring Midwestern folks. I mean, it's changing. The market's changing. Well, well the, the interesting part about that, three years ago, four years ago, you look at patios here, mm -hmm. and, and they'd be vacant mm -hmm. in, the, in the summer. Now patios are open with misters on, and there's tons of people. Mm -hmm. Even when it's 115 out, you're like, what happened? <laughs> and that what happened is what you're talking about. The way we describe it is a, it's, it's a culinary explosion that's taking place, a culinary playground. And... You know, we love everything about well, it. Well, and it's mm -hmm. also infills taking place. So it's total redistribution of the populace yeah. from the outer bedroom communities to the interior. Yeah. And it's taken this long. But now, I mean, condo living in Midtown is a real thing. And yeah. it's going to continue to be a real thing. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that's happening is technology is coming to the Valley. The Valley is changing just in its, uh, its business opportunities. And people are starting to recognize that. And... Uh, as the cost escalates in, in California, a lot of people are moving like their sales teams sure. out here. They, they, the executives still might live out there, but they're moving their sales teams out here because yep. the cost of living is so much better. 
And so it's changing the scale of the economy in Arizona tremendously. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And exciting for you. Very. Yeah. I mean, and you as well. Did you see the condos <laughs> yeah, that are popping up right around here? It's like right. a village is rising up around me. It yeah. really is. Yeah. So that's exciting. And that's exciting for the future. And it's definitely going to change, uh, you know, the population uh, and demographics of this of this area. And I think that that change really goes from uh, downtown all the way to the Camelback Corridor. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Mm -hmm. Even farther than that. Outside of Greenwood, what are some of the other local beers that you have on tap? Well, right now we're doing uh, Four Peaks Kilt Lifter, and uh, we're doing uh, McFate Local Lager, and so we keep it changing. I mean, the interest in local beer is pretty dynamic, yeah. and it's changing rapidly. It's hard to even keep up. Every time you turn around, there's a new microbrewery um, opening up, and what, it, what, what allows that to even happen to be a viable business is... Uh, it seems like the thirst for local beer is uh, almost unquenchable. Yeah. And uh, everybody does something rather unique to them, and um, I think that's a good thing. And uh, I like that when there's a story to tell about, uh, you know, um, a local brewery, I think that's very exciting. And in Greenwood's case, you know, the women-only aspect is very exciting because that's also a changing demographic. Yep. Certainly in beer. Thank you. Yeah. Good yeah. job. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Way Thanks for having us You're way tap. ahead of the curve. You're a pacemaker. <laughs> <laughs> so are you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have to finish with asking you, what is your favorite dish here? And maybe even share what's your favorite beer. Um, I, I Okay, so I tend to like um, dark ales. That's my thing. And so anything dark um, uh, that's on my tap is my favorite. And currently my favorite is the Boulder Shake Chocolate Porter. Um, oh. In limited doses, it's incredible with too much of it, and you can't remember your name. <laughs> but that is very good. And um, my new favorite dish on the menu is uh, we do this beautiful tomato medley. And uh, it shows the, the vibrancy of tomatoes in Arizona because a lot of people don't realize how good our tomatoes are. And uh, we do um, a clever a clever play on basically a tomato terrine, mm. like a, a pate of tomato as it were, and uh, with a tomato gelée and a tomato water foam. And it's, you know, it's just bright. It's like the kind of thing you want to eat in summer. Yeah. And so I really love that dish. It's uh, I love the acid. And, you know, I love like doing a high acid white with something like that, like a Sauvignon Blanc or a light lager, Pilsner, something like that. But I've, you know, that's uh, kind of I'm eating um, more summery dishes now. So I think a lot of people have that same mindset. Yeah. And vegetables are satiating without filling you up so much. Yeah. And are you sourcing a lot of uh, Arizona? Yeah, we um, work with different farmers, you know, and it's got to be the right product for you know the right dish. Uh, but we're lucky that there's enough uh, local. Um, you know, farmers that can provide these dishes. And if you can provide it to us for three or four months, there's a chance we'll put it on the menu uh, if the quality stays consistent for the dish. Yeah. Yeah, there are some good farms out here. Oh, like, it's amazing. Yeah. And that's changing too. The scale of local agriculture, the whole, uh, you know, farm to table scenes changed because there's a lot, there's a lot more, um, you know, small, small growers now producing things. I mean, just go to any farmer's market and you'll see how much is really happening now in yeah. Arizona. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah.
Thanks for joining us. Hey, it was great. I'm hungry. Thanks I'm so hungry. Right now. Thanks for weathering the hot patio, but it's really not too bad. With no, it's not. It's, not. it's, it's not. It's not at all. Yeah. Well, yeah. thanks for being here, and I appreciate uh, getting a chance to speak with you. Absolutely, yeah. man. Absolutely. We're going to shut these mics off before you start yelling TV. You know, okay. okay I, pro- <laughs> I promise. <laughs> Go <laughs> Spain. <laughs> awesome. Hey, everybody. Thanks. This has been great. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> Dice me pon